Thanks for joining us today for the Anchor Daily. We are reading through the books of Acts, learning about the early church and the unstoppable power of the gospel. Listen close as we dive deep into Luke's and Paul's accounts. Hey podcast listeners, this is Andy Landon from the Richland campus, and if we haven't met yet, you can find me on most Sundays teaching Sunday school for third and fourth graders. So today we are looking at Acts 15, 1 through 21, or as I like to call it, the Peter truth bomb. Now, has someone ever dropped a truth bomb on you? My wife is an amazing woman and frequently helps me to get reoriented when my thinking becomes, how do you say, a bit hypocritical. So how does she drop a truth bomb? Let me give you an example. Completely hypothetical, of course. Say I tell the kids that it is not okay to snack on cookies because it will ruin their dinner. Now, this is a good rule and something we should all live by. Then my wife points out that it will be easy for the children to not snack on cookies because I have eaten the entire box. Ah, yes. I don't follow my own rules even though I expect my kids to. So, with my inability to follow my own rules in mind, let's look at the text. Up to this point, the disciples have been preaching the kingship of Jesus to the Jews, God's chosen people. Then the disciples start to venture out into the world and start spreading the good news amongst the Gentiles that Jesus, and therefore access to Yahweh, is for them as well. And there's the rub. Verse 1 shows that some in Judea would accept the Gentiles, so long as they became Jewish, which 2,000 years later might not make sense to us, but back in that time it was probably pretty reasonable. You want access to our God? Fine. Worship at the temple. Follow our rituals and rules. Become part of our people. NBD, as the kids would say. Verse 5 even refers to them as believers, so these aren't people that are hostile to Jesus' teachings. These people probably remembered the story of Ruth, how she came to follow the God of Israel by assimilating into their culture. It's time for the Gentiles to do the same. Now let me stop here and say that I get this. I grew up in the church and there was just a certain way that things were done. Worship, shake hands, message, then everyone drive home safely. That is how everybody does it, right? So if I'm a Christian, and you're a Christian, then aren't we going to do everything the same way? When you become a Christian, don't you start doing things just like everybody at church? I'll hold that thought, because this is where the magnificence and the uniqueness of Jesus is about to be brought fully to bear. This isn't about rituals and rules. This is about the sanctifying work of Jesus Christ and that work alone. Let me quote verses 7 through 11. After much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? Nah, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved, just as they are. Boom. In my mind, Peter drops the microphone here, or whatever the first century equivalent is. Drops his sandals, perhaps. I don't know. But whatever he did, it was clear the argument was over, as it says in verse 12, that all the assembly fell silent. See, we aren't saved because we go to church and the church does things a certain way. We are saved because our faith is in Jesus. We aren't saved because we follow a set of moral rules. We are saved because of Jesus. And let's be honest, we don't always follow our own rules anyway, so it is definitely a good thing that it is through Jesus. 
But I confess that sometimes I get caught thinking that I am saved by my rituals and my behaviors. That somehow salvation is about me and not Jesus. And I also confess that sometimes I question others when their rituals don't match my own. I remember the first time I met a Christian with a tattoo and I thought, wait, you can have tattoos and be Christian? Now, I am pretty sure you can since some of the most godly people I know have tattoos. Cool tattoos too. So how about you? Do you ever fall into the trap of thinking following your rituals and rules is what earns you salvation? I have good news. It isn't about you. It is about Jesus. When we accept that, we have freedom to live in joy and spread the good news of Jesus. Or digging a bit deeper. Do you ever fall into the trap of thinking that someone can't be a Christian brother or sister because they're too different from you? Maybe because they are a Democrat or a Republican or some other us and them group. I would propose that the family of God is big enough for all of us, even 49ers fans. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you that you are an unfathomable God with a big tent and room for everyone. Thank you that it is the work of your Son and not my works that are in salvation. Father, give us unity as we daily strive to put our disagreements aside so that we can point the world towards Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Listen in tomorrow as we encourage each other through God's Word. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so because we would love to continue to grow with you. We'd also like a chance to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you can find all sorts of ways to serve, worship, and learn together.